This La Liga bonus show here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by MyBookie.ag. Winning season is back at MyBookie and now now offering a 100% deposit bonus when you use the code SGP. That's MyBookie.ag, probably got SGP to play, win and get paid. We're also brought to you by the leaders in daily fantasy, DraftKings. For a limited time, new users can get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes this week. Don't miss out on all of the week two action. Enter the code SGP to get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit. That's code SGP only at DraftKings. We're also brought to you by BetQL. Want to get an advisor over to Sportsbook with NBA, NHL, college football, MLB, and NFL all back in action? You need to download BetQL, the only app you'll need to make smart bets this season. Head to betql.co and enter the code SGP20 for 20% off your first subscription. That's betql.co and the promo code SGP20. And finally, we're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in paperhead providers and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. This is your final season preview of the 2020-21 season and we will be focusing on La Liga. Before we get to that, let me let you know that you can check out my Twitter account at SGPEPL where we will retweet all of the shows and give you as many free plays as I possibly can. But if you want all of my plays, make sure you head over to LockBetting.com. Spoke about it on the other podcast, so I'm not going to labour the point here, but we've had a monstrous week. And as you saw yesterday, we landed our first two locks on the Das Bundesliga show, and we are continuing our 100% record with the locks on the EPL show. We have one more riding on Monday. If you haven't checked those shows out yet, with the way that the EPL is staggered in particular, it's still worth going back and listening to that show. And of course, the Bundesliga show was combined with a week one preview and the season preview as well, because the futures markets weren't as interesting as La Liga, which is why I decided to do a La Liga preview, because so much attention this summer has been on the saga at Barcelona, namely Lionel Messi, who is somewhat being held as a prisoner here at this club because he made it very, very clear that he wanted to go. But in the end, Barcelona managed to win out. Messi ended up staying and it brings up question marks as to what kind of Messi that you're going to see. And it also has led to a majority of the pundits completely writing off Barcelona. Now, I was on the camp last season that saw the writing on the wall way before the 8-2 because we had a five-unit play on Barcelona to win the league. And whilst Barcelona were still favourites, based on what I was seeing from them, namely on the road, I decided to make a pick switch and took Real Madrid at plus 150, 6-4 in January to win the league for seven units instead. So completely overriding the five-unit play on Barcelona with complete certainty moving over to a seven-unit pick on Real Madrid to win the league. So that was a massively profitable switch for us. I saw the writing on the wall, saw that this team were really, really struggling on the road. 
And they continue to play through Messi. And we continue to get limited contributions from the other players. Suarez wasn't himself. And Anton Griezmann, in my opinion, had a very, very poor first season. The back four are losing pace. The midfield lack creativity. And it looked like doom and gloom for me Barcelona for Barcelona in the middle of the season. And I wasn't surprised by anything. I saw. Obviously, I'd be a liar if I said I wasn't surprised by seeing them get whooped 8-2 by Bayern Munich. And that is really where all the focus is about. But should Real Madrid be as short as 4-6 to six to win this league? And this is coming from someone who took Real Madrid in a pick switch last year and has gone on to say that Barcelona are going to be in transition for a long time and Real Madrid will be able to win this La Liga title for four or five years until Barcelona find a quality younger squad and especially implement a replacement for Messi. But maybe this team are better off going down a different route and finding a more balanced side. I mean, Real Madrid... They seem to think that they're strong enough to recapture this title again. Whether they can challenge for the Champions League or not remains to be seen because they've been quite happy to let players go. There have been more outs than in this summer with Real Madrid and it doesn't look like they're going to do a whole load of uh, business in this transfer window. That says to me that they're confident that they can recapture this La Liga crown with minimal business with the likes of Regulion and Bale going to Tottenham. And as I said, limited players coming in the other way. They're probably convinced they can do it again. And as I said, maybe not challenge for the Champions League, but maybe next season that will be the plan when we finally do see a Galactico coming in here. And I'd be looking at PSG for that. I'd be looking at either Neymar or Mbappe coming into this team because interestingly, they've not been one of the teams that have gone in for Thiago because obviously they feel they have a very, very strong midfield despite the fact that the likes of uh, Luka Modric, Luka Modric is probably on his last legs and and Tony Cruz is also approaching 30. But this team still feel that they obviously have the quality because they were surprisingly not in for Thiago and they're not also going for Jadon Sancho, even though Manchester United aren't matching the £108 million valuation that Dortmund have put on him. And they'll be holding firm on that valuation now, especially after Manchester United's result yesterday against Crystal Palace. They'll they'll be knowing that Manchester United are desperate for players. So they'll be holding firm on that valuation. But Real Madrid really haven't been linked to anyone. And what that says to me is that they also are convinced of this Barcelona decline and that they have enough already in tow to have a decent run at the Champions League, but probably not win it, and to most certainly have a successful season season in Spain and to retain this La Liga title, which they won last year, as underdogs from Barcelona. Because if you remember all the hype last season, Barcelona had just added Griezmann. They were heavily linked to Neymar. Everybody was looking at a front three of Messi, Neymar and Griezmann with Suarez also there on the bench. But that wasn't the case. And and Barcelona possibly had their worst season that we've seen in a long, long time. Real Madrid are available at four to six in most places. I have seen a best price on them, though, at 17 to 20. So some bookies are adjusting for the fact that Barcelona 
do look like they are beginning to do some business. And we'll talk about that after this, after we've given out the, the odds here. Barcelona available at 13 to 8. It's 11 to 1 on Atletico Madrid. It's 33 to 1 on Sevilla and 200 to 1 on Villarreal. So Barcelona are beginning to do business, but they're doing it the other way in terms of there isn't a whole host of ins coming in, but it's the outs that are going out of Barcelona. It's the likes of Vidal. It's the likes of Luis Suarez looking like he's on his way. It's the likes of Ivan Rakitic. Ronald Koeman is managing to cut these wages out and pick up minimal transfer fees for these older players that he doesn't want. And if he continues to do that, there could be some very significant ins coming in at Barcelona. At the same time, let's look who they have. They are still very top heavy, but that top heavy part of the team includes Dembele. Griezmann. Suarez is actually still there. You have Philip Coutinho returning from his loan. And Sufati, who looks incredible and looks like he's going to be a top, top player in the mould of possibly not that I can't make comparisons to Messi yet, but he certainly looks to be on his way to what Mbappe was at the same age a few years ago. I don't think he can draw comparisons to Messi and Ronaldo very easily. I think they're two one-off players. I think we're really, really going to feel their gap of them not playing anymore especially when we begin to enter into very subjective debates as to who the best player in the world is I mean currently the front runner is Kylian Mbappe but we saw Kylian Mbappe massively underperform throughout the the Champions League period post lockdown and, and Neymar was the same and had either of them actually turned up for PSG we may have seen a, a different result especially in the Champions League final where Bayern were not at their best and PSG did create chances but they did fall to Mbappe who couldn't take him and Neymar was pretty much missing throughout other than to miss a whole plethora of chances in the quarters and the semi-finals so I don't think anybody is there yet to to pick up that mantle. But Ansu Fati certainly showing the potential of being a player who can break into the world's top 10 or top 5 if he continues going on at the rate that he's doing. He's very, very impressive. And uh, Lionel Messi likes him as well. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Fati getting a lot more game time. Anton Griezmann has just been handed the number 7 shirt. A lot has been made of that in terms of what it means for Philip Coutinho. Well, it means nothing. It's a shirt number and it was vacated last season. Coutinho wasn't there and Griezmann probably asked for it and promised it. I assure you, Griezmann wasn't given the shirt on the back of positive performances last year. And it just is difficult for me to see. As much as I think that Real Madrid are going to win this league and obviously Real Madrid think they're going to win this league as well due to the minimal business that they've done and the fact that they went 100% post-lockdown, I don't think this is going to be a 50 to 20 point landslide. Barcelona are going to be in there. You can't envision that Anton Griezmann is going to have a poor season. Messi never has a bad season. Fatty is going to get better. Koeman wants Coutinho. So there's obviously a designated role for him. Dembele has yet to perform. They could still pick up a transfer fee for Dembele if he doesn't feature as part of the team. That's going to be 60 or 70 million minimum that your club picks up that you can go and spend where you need it. Namely, most probably in defence. But having Koeman in automatically, that is going to stabilise your defence. This is a club legend. This is one of the best defenders in the world. The only problem that I see other than the defence hanging over this club is going to be the presidential elections that are happening in March. Because it's almost guaranteed that Ronald Koeman is going to lose his job. So guaranteed that Holland, the Netherlands, have 
haven't even appointed a new coach. So Koeman could actually manage Barcelona up until March. The presidential elections could take place. He could then get sacked, no matter how well he's doing. Xavi could come in. That will make Messi stay, so we won't have the whole contract dispute with Messi next season. And Koeman could end up going back to managing the Dutch national team. It's a complete mess. Makes it very, very difficult to pick Barcelona. But don't sleep on them and don't think this is a guarantee. And don't think this is basically free money. Whether you're taking Madrid at 4-6 to six or, or 17-20 to 20 or whatever price you can find. And it does vary between those. 4-6 to six is pretty much the, the worst price. A few weeks ago, the worst price was 4-7. to seven. So this is coming in. So this is a good time to buy Real Madrid if you believe what I believe, that they're going to win the league for a few years. But I don't think this automatically means 50-20 to 20 points for Real Madrid. I think Barcelona are going to be there or thereabouts. Their home form is still going to be good. Teams are still going to get spanked. Messi's still going to score a ton of goals. Griezmann's probably going to be better. Fatty's going to improve. All the things I've said, this is still going to be a title race. And I think one of the other interesting factors is, can Atletico Madrid get into it? Because their post-lockdown form was so much better. Their Champions League performance against Leipzig was a massive disappointment because Atletico looked better than they ever had done. After that win against Liverpool and then coming back into the league season, Atletico Madrid looked absolutely Phenomenal. They actually lead the the market for to win the league without Barcelona and Real Madrid, and they are four to five to win that. Sevilla available at three to one. It's ten to one on Villarreal, twelve to one Real Sociedad, and twelve to one on Valencia. I'll start with Valencia. I think they are out of this here. I think they're here for name value only. A lot of players have gone. It'd be very difficult for them to compete for the top four. Uh, Sociedad are just here because of their performances last season and the fact that they were up there. Um, Post-lockdown, they really struggled with the situation. I think they were overachievers, much like Leicester were in the EPL. And I don't see them getting into this race either. Villarreal... Um, they've had a change of manager here with Unai Emery. I think this is going to be a season where they struggle stylistically to adapt to that style. And is that style dated? It's a zonal press. And I don't think in the modern day game that you can play that kind of tactic. I think you need to be committal to what you're doing. Zonal press is two tactics integrated into into one. You almost decide whether you want to play zone or whether you want to press. And if you press, you press higher and you press physically and fast. This half and half doesn't really work. And it sometimes feels to me, it doesn't matter what age you are, certain managers become married to, to certain tactics. And it's very, very prominent here when we're looking at these markets in Spain. And it doesn't work for you. Pep Guardiola is one who's very guilty, and he's a younger manager, of being married to a tactic. Jose Mourinho is married to a tactic, and we all know what that is. It's it's sitting back, soaking up the pressure, and trying to hit back on the break. Um, this is Unai Emery's clutch. Uh, Diego Simeone, who leads this market, he's very, very defensive. He's a no-lose manager. And no matter what the circumstances are, there is very little adaptability with certain managers. And Unai Emery hasn't adapted since he was at Seville. Pretty much failed at Paris. Most definitely failed at Arsenal. And from what I've seen of Villarreal in the first week or so, they're not looking uh, particularly good. So, um, well, not certainly not good enough. They'll be in the top half, but they will not be good enough here to challenge for this top four. So it really just comes down to two teams. And they're the two teams that significantly lead the market. For me... 
uh, Sevilla are being very overrated here. Yes, they came close last season, but Atletico Madrid were very, very poor prior to the lockdown period. They had to go on a very good run. Um, in Sevilla, were very, very lucky and rode their luck a lot in that Europa League success. And that is a cup competition. And cup football isn't league football. It requires a lot of extra incentive and motivation to get yourself up for every single league match. Cup matches are easy. There's a trophy at the end of the tunnel. And Sevilla are a team that are familiar with winning the Europa League. They overperformed in that situation. Should they have gone out to Wolves? Yes, maybe, because Wolves should have had a retaken penalty. They would have gone 1-0 up, and it would have been very difficult to Sevilla to score, because Sevilla's winner ended up being in the 89th minute. Had they been chasing the game, would it have been so open, and would Wolves be able to sit on that lead? And Manchester United absolutely dominated Sevilla. And in the final... Inter Milan seemed like their legs just completely went and they barely played the second half. So a lot of things fell into place for Sevilla in a cup competition and they're being held in a much higher regard here in this market than I would expect them to be. Because Atletico Madrid for me easily win this market here and they're a good price at four to five. And I think that they could challenge for the league as well. I think looking at Atletico Madrid as an 11 to one shot for the title knowing how organised they are. But they have to be a different Atletico Madrid. Simeone has to learn something from this post-lockdown period where they played a lot more freely. Sometimes, some teams in this league are just there to be beaten and you need to go out and beat them as convincingly as you can. You cannot be a no-lose team first and try and win the game after 70 minutes because that is going to cause you to drop points. That is going to lead you to nil-nils. This is a team with quality players all over the team. They have attacking options that are very much underutilised. And if utilised correctly, Atletico Madrid can be a huge threat in this league. I mean, we're looking at players like Jao Felix, who had a very wasted season at Atletico. I'd be surprised if he even wants to stay there. The tactics don't favour Jao Felix. But when Jao Felix comes on in a Champions League quarterfinal, when they've played very, very poorly against Leipzig, he completely changes the game. Marcus Llorente. We saw what Llorente done against Liverpool. They have Diego Costa. They have Thomas Partey, who's a quality holding midfielder. In and around that, they have midfielders that are worth, that would garner huge transfer fees in Sal Niguez and Koke. But they are mainly utilised as defensive midfielders. There's still goals in Morata. At the back, they're still solid. Jan Oblak, for me, is the best goalkeeper in the world. And if he's not the best, he's certainly in everybody's top five. It's undisputed for me that he's way, way up there. In defence, they have lost some players there, but they're still quality. They're still players that are capable of getting you the clean sheets because we saw Atletico get them. And his attacking promise as well. The fullbacks, Lodi, Kieran, Tripp- Kieran Trippier, they like getting forward. They like putting in crosses. They like overlapping as fullbacks. Felipe is a solid defender. So is Jimenez. So is Stefan Savage. There's quality throughout this team and they should not be sitting back protecting clean sheets and trying to win games on the break or off set pieces. They need to be more dominant in certain games and they need to put some of these teams to the sword. Then this Atletico Madrid team can rise as challengers. So to summarise, I'm seeing a a closer title race here than most people. But at the end of the day, I have to go with Real Madrid. I mean, Zidane is looking like a serial 
trophy collector here at this club. He now has two titles to go with three Champions Leagues across two spells. I mean, his his first spell should never have been interrupted. Plus, he's very good at getting the most out of players, which is why we're probably seeing minimal business here. What has happened to, to Karim Benzema and how he's emerged since the departure of, of Cristiano Ronaldo has been an amazing thing to see. And uh, from the resumption of lockdown... Until the Liga was secured, Real Madrid went on to win 10 straight matches to comprehensively overhaul Barcelona, which is why we saw them as such huge favourites and even bigger favourites after the 8-2. And as I said, that has come in slightly and Barcelona aren't going to be way, way out of this. And I don't think Atletico Madrid will be either, but it's very, very difficult to pick against Real Madrid. What I will say is this is most certainly a declining league. It's a league that very, very much overrates itself. That's why they found it difficult to get TV deals around the world. I think what you can lose as an indicator was the fact that how convincingly Manchester City ended up beating this Real Madrid team. And this is a team that previously won the Champions League three times in a row. And now they've not gone and won it for two years in a row with Liverpool taking it off from last season and Bayern Munich winning it this season. They weren't even close in either of those two seasons. Last year, they were eliminated by by Ajax. So we have to put this all into context where this league is at. It feels like they are way below Bayern Munich. They're probably low PSG. They're probably below the two main clubs in England as well, Manchester City and Liverpool. So where it's easy to see... Madrid retaining the title, and this will be the first time they've done that since 2007-2008, they're not going to close this gap wider. And I think next summer is going to be a summer where we have to see people bought into the club or we have to see an emergence from Eden Hazard. Eden Hazard already isn't fit for Sunday's opener. So where we're looking at this uh, season as being one where Hazard you know, rises up and shows what he can actually do and become the Galactico he should have been last year, He's already injured for the opening game against Real Sociedad. We need to see more from Vinces Jr., Rodrigo, Federico Valverde. Can they be the future of this club? Then we'll have a period where the old guard that are holding things together will be on their way out. We've got Ramos, Luka Modric, uh, Tony Cruz, Benzema. They're the core of the team and they are the wrong side of 30. So... A lot has been made of Barcelona and I think there are much bigger problems there for Barcelona because once Messi goes, they're going to be a team in serious transition. And despite the fact that Real Madrid will be as well because they will need to have a period where they transition out of the likes of Ramos, Modric, Cruz and Benzema and those newer players that I mentioned will need to come through. They will have the money to be in the market for Galacticos. They're always able to sign the new Galactico. They're always in there for the next Bale, the next Ronaldo. This is what Real Madrid will be able to do. And I'm more confident about them being able to sustain success and to win this league year in and year out than I am from Barcelona getting themselves back on track. So I think that began last season and I think it will continue on. Atletico are an interesting one because when we look at them individually, match day by match day, most of the time, they're going to be favourites. And when it comes to their matches against Barcelona and Real Madrid, they always compete. So there isn't a massive gap there. There's just a mentality issue with this defensive mindset. If we can see the Atletico Madrid that we saw post-lockdown, then 10-1 to 1 looks very, very big. And if not this season, possibly in the next two or three years, if they do some shrewd business and keep hold of what they've got and they manage to 
improve stylistically, then possibly Atletico Madrid could emerge and possibly even take over Barcelona. But if we're looking at this situation right now, I think the two best bets that we're looking at here for me is for Atletico Madrid to win the league without Barcelona and Real Madrid. I think they're miles ahead of Sevilla. I think Sevilla are a great team and in a cup competition, we saw they can put their, put their shit together and they can perform against anybody. However, you're looking at a long haul season and I'm not seeing the players there that set you up for a long haul season to finish above the likes of Atletico Madrid and the quality that they have and that we've outlined on this show. I would make that a two unit play and then I would also take two units on Real Madrid. I don't see them being caught This season, I probably don't see them being caught next season either. But the transition of these big two in Spain is going to be very, very interesting. The transition of Messi and Suarez and Tony Cruz and Karim Benzema and Luka Modric and Sergio Ramos. These are all players that are probably not going to be playing in this league in the next three to five years. And they are all the key men at these two big teams. Spanish football is going to be very, very fascinating. And I think it's probably about time it left its ego at the door. You don't have Ronaldo anymore. In a couple of years, you're not going to have Messi. The quality of the league and the stature of the league is declining. Their dominance over Europe is declining as well. For years, they were winning the Champions League and the Europa League with regularity. Spanish clubs were well on top of Europe. That isn't going to be the case anymore. And it's going to be quite an interesting time for for Spanish football for all the wrong reasons as we transition out of this golden era. And the same goes for the national team. The league is just really just a few years behind the national team because the national team were a dominant force as well. And they held on to a brand of football which didn't evolve with the tiki-taka possession-based football. And it was neutralised every popular tactic will be neutralized so in a few years the press and the heavy metal football will be neutralized we're already seeing Liverpool having more struggles with it now after two years of undoubted success so everything changes this is an evolving game and uh, teams in Spain have remained stale for too long and wholesale changes are coming but as I said I think Barcelona are in a much worse position than Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid have the x-factor They need to go and grab the balls by the horn now if they want to emerge as challengers. This is now Diego Simeone's time. At the moment, as I said, I'm only taking a two-unit lock on them to win the league without these two because I do think they'll finish third at worst. But by next season, there should be some significant business there and a change of philosophy that can see this Atletico Madrid team merge because they don't have the problems of having so many players on the wrong side of 30 and being in such a transition as their big two rivals. And um, as I said, finally, two-unit play on Real Madrid to win the league. Try and pick that up at 17 to 20 because that's the best price I've seen. Don't go for the four to six because that's the worst price that I've seen. Anything you can get better than four to six, I'd recommend and I would take two units on that. So that has been your La Liga bonus show, your La Liga preview. Don't forget to check out the Bundesliga preview and the EPL show because it still has some significant games left. From next week, let me let you know what's going to be happening. The European show will be exclusive to LockBetting.com. That 
that means all your Serie A and the Liga content will only be over at LockBen.com on the European show. And you can listen to that show for just $10 a month. So that's $2.50 a show. You'll get four shows a month and it'll be just $2.50 a show. That is the crown jewel of LockBen.com. I look at every single game across Europe and I narrow it down to my seven or eight favourites and I talk about those on the European show. That's how that show's done. So it's almost like getting seven or eight elite members picks for just $10 a month or $2.50 a week. Of course, here we're going to be sticking with Das Bundesliga show and the EPL show every week. And once the Champions League starts, that will be here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast and the Europa League will remain exclusive to LockBetting.com. So that's how we're going to move forward for the rest of the season. I hope you guys stick with us and I hope you guys continue to give us those reviews on iTunes. That's it from me. Good luck with all of your bets as always. And Thanks for listening. It's finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter, and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer.